0: And back off, and that's when you know Roach is like, ah, it's me, and uh, gets. uh (laughs) By the way, by the way, by the way, this is
1: probably like one of the goriest scenes in the whole movie because they have like eviscerated Leroy. Leroy is a fucking he's hamburger at this point.
2: Bad shape.
0: Welcome to the Reviewed to Death podcast. I'm Marcus, and I'm Luke.
2: I'm Kristen.
1: Welcome back, Kristen.
0: Welcome back is right. Uh, last time we saw you was for Creep Show.
2: That's right. I how could I forget?
0: We did the was that the Dollhouse episode?
2: Yes, it was the oh, Dollhouse right um, episode with Beth.
1: Yeah, and she loved it from what
0: I remember. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So when we had you last, it was a sort of a mini episode, and we suggested creep show, and you are coming back on for your first full episode, and you suggested the movie tonight. So that movie is People Under the Stairs. What made you pick that one?
2: It's just um, one of the horror films that pops out in my mind from when I was a kid, and uh, I think I gave you a short list, right? You and did. This was yeah, this was this was one of them. I wouldn't say it's 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 not like a you know I'm not it's not a favorite of mine per se. I just thought that it it's it, it's an interesting movie, and I felt like it sort of fit the the vibe of your your podcast. So well, definitely. This
0: is the start of our West Craven double feature. We got another one coming up next week, and also sort of our unintended theme of this Halloween has been. You know, like 80s and early 90s classics that we somehow missed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. that's That fits right in there.
0: Uh, have you seen this one before?
2: I know I've seen it at least once. If I've got a good... I am actually known to like... I'm the kind of person I can watch a movie. And, uh, you know, two years later, I'm like, did I see that? And I can almost like watch it. Almost like it's for the first time. Like, I just don't remember a lot of details but this movie sticks out in my mind. So either it was that impressive or I've seen it multiple times. So it's ingrained in memory.
0: Luke or I had never seen this one before, surprisingly. Yeah, it's another one of
1: those where, um, you know, as we mentioned before, we one of the things that we immediately started doing when we started hanging out way back in the day is uh, watching tons of horror movies together. And uh, it's funny doing this podcast, how, you know, you realize how many cult classics and just like bonafide classics straight up, like slip through our fingers.
0: Subconsciously, I sort of missed this one for a specific reason. When I was a kid and my, uh, my mother was a flight attendant. She's retired now. But when, when, uh, when my brother and I were kids, she used to do these early morning turnarounds, which means she'd get up real early. She'd go to the airport, she'd do a domestic flight, and then she'd be back home before we got done with school. So she could pick us up. Back around that time, I had a really hard time like sleeping, like especially if uh, like I was woken up, it was all dark outside, and uh, I couldn't get back to sleep. So I would hear her wake up, and it'd be like four thirty in the morning or so, and I wouldn't get back to sleep. And so I'd sneak downstairs and turn on every single light on the first floor, and I would turn on the TV and I turn on like Nick at Night, so you'd be like Lassie and all that, all those you know old shows. And in between, in the commercial breaks, they used to have like, oh, here are the Stephen King books you should buy. Here are the movies that are coming out. And then I remember seeing trailers for this movie and it just scared the shit out of me as a kid.
1: And I, I just don't remember anything from it except for maybe casually glancing at the uh, you know the cover the VHS cover in like blockbuster, for example, or like family video that that store that we used to go to. You know the the skull kind of floating over the, you know the house, uh, and that was it. That's that's all I got from it. I just walked, kept on walking right past. It. I had no idea who directed it, who was responsible. Uh, you know, Wes Craven, obviously one of the horror legends over time. Uh, you know, uh, just yeah, had had no idea. Just it just kind of slipped right past me.
2: I don't remember. Like I I don't remember if I saw it in a theater or at my house, it was probably most likely that my older brother suggested it and we watched it together, but I'm not really sure Yeah, It is kind of, it's, it's an odd one. Um, it's it definitely, really, it's definitely really creepy. So, and that's kind of my style. So <laughs> um,
1: it is, it's, it's super creepy. And in, you know, unlike this movie, I, I, Marcus and I have seen, I don't know if we've seen all of the other Wes Craven movies, but we've seen the majority of them. Um, and uh, I would say this is almost like Wes Craven as close as he would probably get to like a PG-13 movie. I don't know if he's ever directed a PG-13 movie. Maybe he did. But um, it's uh, it's still really good.
0: So Luke, what's People Under the Stairs about?
1: In a nutshell, uh, two adults and a juvenile called Fool break into a house occupied by a brother and sister called Daddy and Mommy and their stolen children there. They must fight for their lives.
0: So this is a completely different movie than I thought it was based on those trailers that creeped me out when I was a kid. I did not get that this was like a treasure hunt heist type of movie. Same again. I knew almost next to
1: nothing about this movie, but when we started watching this one, I was like, "This is what it, this movie is." It's a. It's this guy. <laughs> his name is Leroy, who's played by a very young, uh, very young Vin Rames. And uh, Leroy is, I think, he's the boyfriend of ruby who is the the sister of our our main character who is uh, whose nickname is fool uh more on that in a minute and uh he f- he finds a map to gold in the back of a liquor store uh and then he decides that he should uh you know him and his buddy and fool who's just turned 13 uh infiltrate their uh, landlord's creepy ass giant you know suburban mansion to, to get the gold
2: It's purposely set up to like catch you off guard, like to your point, like what you had watched from the trailer, it's this is not what you expected. Um, I almost feel like they probably should have done the trailer in reverse so that there was a little bit more of a surprise, (laughs) right? Like people under the stairs. But yeah, I think they set it up like on the front end to just seem like, you know, an odd, this odd pair of landlords and, you know, not much is under, uh, underneath. And then, man, it takes a turn. It
1: definitely, it definitely takes a turn.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, I like, I like it. I I have to be honest. Like, um, what I remember of the movie, I think it was just when I rewatched it, um, today, I actually watched it earlier. I was like, man, these nineties movies really, (laughs) really were like, like people were just, making really bad decisions and uh you know it was just it's a little hokey right so it it's it
0: very campy took, it is
2: yeah it, it took me It that that was kind of hard for me to digest because it's not how i remember the movie the the scenes that i remember of the movie were more when it got into like the thick of the plot and it had already taken the turn but everything before that i feel like is I think it's a fine setup.
1: I love it. I, I think it. I think it fits perfectly into the movie because it's it's such a goofy thing about this guy that he found a you know a treasure map to gold, and then it turns into basically a live action cartoon for like an hour, uh, an R rated live action cartoon,
0: sure. and
1: uh, yeah, it it I think it perfectly fits the movie.
0: It's definitely a movie of the time too. It's like that early '90s feel, you know, just like down to the the close to set decoration uh, the set decoration and uh, this one was written by Wes Craven too and Luke and I were joking at a couple different points during the movie that it almost feels like he uh, like Wes Craven didn't know how to write for some of these characters so he's like just mm-hmm. make something up like one of the lines that both made us laugh were at the beginning when fool is talking to his mother who's got you know cancer and she's dying but they said something about like you know the, one of the reasons why they could get him to go help try to find these coins, these gold coins, as they say, uh, you know, your mother can be cured, but, you know, you just don't have the money. So, like, Fool goes over to his mother and he says, Mama, one day I'm going to buy you a Cadillac for each foot and you're going to skate around town looking so bad. (laughs) What? There's no way that Wes Craven wrote that line.
1: Well, I mean – you know, let's remind ourselves that Wes Craven was a very white man, so it's very possible he wrote that line. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> yeah, Trying his best to get in someone else's
1: because else. right, because you know the the uh, uh, you know this this group of heroes, uh, they're uh, I mean they're by and large they're African American, which is which is cool. It's it's a novel thing to have that in a in a well in any movie really, especially an early '90s one. Uh, and Wes Craven is always good about that kind of thing to, to really you know include everybody. Uh, but yeah, that some of the dialogue he writes for these characters is fucking bonkers. Like Marcus just read.
2: <laughs>
1: also, I was going to get back to uh, our main character. His, his name is is Fool. Okay, that's not his real name. It's it's uh what is it? It's Point Dexter Williams is his real name, but they they call him Fool because his uh, sister uh, Ruby. Is into uh, tarot cards, and so she named him after uh, the fool, I guess, for whatever reason. And I was looking at some tarot cards. You know, there's like a lot of like really cool like nicknames that she could have chosen, like the magician, <laughs> uh, or the emperor, or right. strength. Yeah, uh, probably shouldn't have called him the hangman. That's a good call, not doing that. Um, but you know, uh, lots of different. But she went with the fool, uh, which. <laughs> I was like okay it's kind of a dick move i know she she explains like not because you're stupid but because you're learning you're ignorant which is kind of like a backhanded
0: compliment
2: <laughs> yeah it sounds like something a sister would do
1: definitely
0: any of the scenes with fool and leroy and their other partner spencer who they hook up with to try to go into this house you're like almost like comedy for me they're hilarious like these Big three. Time.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. How they're like parked outside the house. You know what movie it reminded me of? The Burbs. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. Oh,
2: this, would be,
1: this would be a great double feature with The Burbs.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, parked outside, like just like three dopes in a car, you know, keep- <laughs> <laughs> making a dumb plan. Like, yeah, that was – With this
0: 13-year-old kid who I love the fact that Leroy – like just talks to him like he's like a like his peer, like he's another like thirty year old hanging out, you know?
1: Yeah, he just like drops f bombs around him. <laughs> there was another line too where I, f- I forget it was something about something about making you the president of Pussy Town or something. I can't remember what it was yeah. exactly, but <laughs> oh, and then and then Fool, who's uh, uh played by Brandon Quinton Adams, who's was fucking awesome in this movie. If, if he wasn't great, this movie would not work at all. And uh yeah, Brandon I think they, they he's credited as Brandon Adams. Uh he he knocks it out of the park cuz he plays off of uh, Vin Rames's you know fucking sailor language perfectly. It's great.
2: Is that Leroy?
1: That's, That's Leroy, Leroy. Yeah, yeah that Vin Rames plays Leroy. Yep. <laughs> worst babysitter ever.
2: The worst. Yeah, I couldn't figure out when I was rewatching it, I was like is he a dad like i couldn't i didn't pick up that it had said that he was the boyfriend but
1: um... i don't think they ever stated it specifically but i just that's what i got i i i kind of watched that opening twice just because i'm like where the fuck did leroy come from because all of a sudden he's just there yeah. there's a young vin rames and he's talking to this little boy like he's a man in a right. bar yeah. and uh, i'm like what, what is happening right now and then oh, next thing you know it's him and his his scumbag buddy spencer and this 13 year old little kid and they're uh, getting ready to uh, pull off a heist
0: they got schemes they're gonna dress fool <laughs> up in a in a boy scout uniform to try to get into a house bear scout which which doesn't work mother who will get back to her oh believe me we'll get back to her uh mother who's uh you know like I, did we mention that mother and father that live in this house are the landlords of all the houses like in the ghetto as they say
1: we haven't mentioned it and it's a good thing you did yeah they're they're trying to uh gentrify all, that whole neighborhood they're trying to kick out the uh uh the adams's uh you know fool's family uh, cuz they're the only family left in this building uh which looks like uh, looks like ghetto hell <laughs> it's like there's you know i don't i've never been inside of a crack house before and hope to never be in one but i figure like those probably look better than what is you know shown on screen where Full and his family live
2: it also felt very west craven mm-hmm. the yes. apartment complex or whatever that they were in it, i'd have to actually i could probably click on my tv and take a peek now but i remember when he walked in it reminded me of um certain scenes from like nightmare on elm street like just the the, the yeah the he's got a certain style and- of filming um, yeah,
0: yeah. And mother and father live in this like huge mansion that's very creepy and it's looks, it's very unkempt from the outside. It's pretty unkempt on the inside too. Uh, but like all the windows are boarded over or caged over and there's locks and like sliding steel plates over windows and stuff like that. So she does not let fool into the house. Even when he says he's got to go to the bathroom, she doesn't let him in. So, uh, that, that was scheme number one. So he walks back to the truck and then Spencer goes back as the like utility man. And, and he kind of like talks his way in there. Cause
1: Spencer's kind of, you know, he's kind of one of those, you know, naturally charismatic and kind of, you know, con man type dudes. And, uh, yeah, he, he gets led into the house. Uh, and then the next thing that Leroy and fool see is the car, you, you know, a car driving away from, uh, from the house with, uh, uh the robesons by the way that's their last name the mom and dad they the robesons driving away yeah and they're like what the fuck they left them in there and that's the last time we ever see, see spencer alive
2: <laughs> yeah and then the, and then now we take that turn
0: leroy and fool go into the house because leroy is concerned that spencer is gonna you know run off with all the gold without them you know he's gonna you know edge him out of the deal yeah, man. No, uh, what's that saying? No honor among thieves. Right,
2: right, right. Yeah. So they they go in, right, and um, they the dog. Who, Prince. who do they run into Prince. first? The dog. <laughs> they meet this Rottweiler, a very aggressive Rottweiler named Prince, um, who obviously chases them down, and and that this was. This was I th- I think it was this scene was the first moment when I had like I felt like I was like you know blasted into the past of like you know the just the dumb decision making in these like 90s movies where you know you put like the thin broomstick to like, <laughs> this like seventy block pound the dog door that's busting in like, through the there was door yeah else. exactly and I was like come on you know but um but you know they evade the dog and it was sort of like um. One of those, those, uh, I can't think of where it's like, it was sort of like they were being put, each, each challenge was sort of like pushing yes. them deeper into the house, right? Into like a, then something else happened in the other room. And
0: we got to mention how they evade the dog too, because the dog Prince is on top of Leroy and uh, Brian Quinton Adams, who plays Fool is, uh, he was also in Mighty Ducks. That's what I remember him from. And it seems like Wes Craven really wanted him to be like his character from Mighty Ducks. And that's like a typical 90s kids movie. And uh, like the, he, he comes up to the dog and he looks at the dog. And he's like, hey, Fuzzball, your mother sleeps with cats. And that throws the dog into a rage. And Prince hates that. <laughs> More than he
1: hates Leroy because he really hates Leroy. He keeps going after Leroy. But when he, he hears that insult, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> No, no,
2: yeah. like, he really, fucking pushed, what? <laughs> 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 and off he Say goes what? after fool.
0: But yeah, and then they, 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 you know, they get around him, and that's when they bar the door shut. But then, yeah, you're right. They get into the house now, and this is where it starts to get a little bit more creepy.
1: Well, now it's like I know I, I said earlier a, a great double feature would be uh, this movie and The Burbs. Uh, another uh maybe not for the whole family feature would be uh this and home alone because this is like a fucked up version of home Alone (laughs) from
0: here on out
2: yeah you're right it is
0: they 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 try to find their way through the house but it's it's very like it's disorienting there's hallways and doors that don't open and everything's really really dirty and uh Uh, Then, you know, as they're in the house and like up the stairs, that's when the Robesons gets home, mother and father get home and they notice that the door has been messed with and they're like, the father's like, mother, there's somebody in the house. And uh, (laughs) they let Prince out like, go get him, boy. So the dog comes back and starts like chasing him through. This is another one of those like 90s kids movie things that happens is that they found out that the front door has got like an electrified doorknob so they can't get out. So, so they like make a daisy chain with Leroy and Fool, like holding on to each other, touching the doorknob, and then they touch the dog and they electrocute the doork the dog. Right, but like they do like 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 comically like electrified (laughs) shaking. Yeah, it's like a pratfall.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of, of bad decisions, Kristen, you're, I know you were saying earlier, um, Fool discovers uh, Spencer's body in the basement. He went down there, and that's where you get the titular uh, people under the stairs. They're down there in their little, like, off area. It's been, like, boarded up. They all have flashlights for some reason, and uh, there's Spencer right next to them, and they're kind of, like, eating his hand a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice and gross. And uh Fool runs upstairs and tells uh you know Leroy about this. And Leroy's still like, no, no, we're gonna get this gold. We're we're keep your eye on the prize. And uh it's around this time that uh mommy and daddy uh get home. Uh you know, Daddy, by the way, is played by Everett McGill. Mommy is played by Wendy Roby, and uh man, these two are amazing. Uh, they you know, there's people that choose scenery, people that devour scenery, and then there's these two in the people under the stairs. It is uh it's a showcase. They make
0: the movie. Yeah,
2: they sure. do. Yeah, they definitely do.
0: The Everett McGill as the father, is so funny to me. He actually I, I was telling Luke this earlier, is that he reminds me of the father from a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, if he was on crack cocaine, yes.
2: In what ways?
0: He's just like, so all right, so we didn't talk about this yet, but um, uh, mother and father have a daughter named Alice, who we saw earlier, and she was getting yelled at for dropping her fork on the floor. And as she's looking for it, a hand reaches out through the vent and gives it to her. And it turns out that hand belongs to a guy named Roach, who we're gonna learn about later. But Roach, I guess, like just like made itself himself into the walls. He used to be one of the people under the stairs, but he escaped. And now he's just in the walls and he just torments father by like screaming because his tongue got cut off. And he's just like screaming in the walls and hiding from him. And it's like this game. And in a Christmas story, the father, it's like he's got like little competitions with himself. It's like, I got to change the tire fast enough. Or it's like, I got to try a little bit of the turkey on Christmas morning. Or I always yell at the dogs. And it seems like father not only – has a vendetta against Roach, but he like, he like fucking loves the hunt.
1: <laughs> he does. Uh, what it reminded me of was the relationship ship, the relationship between uh, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what I thought of when I, uh, I saw these two, because Roach can't get out of the house. He, he's stuck in the house, but he's got this like series of tunnels uh, that he uses to, to, you know, evade uh, dad. And dad, in the meantime, he's got a shotgun with a never-ending supply of shotgun shells. Because I don't think I've ever seen this guy fucking reload, but he fucking just shoots indiscriminately everywhere. I mean, there's the whole inside of the house is covered with uh, uh, shotgun, uh, you know, blasts. And uh, yeah, it's like imagine if Elmer Fudd it, it was like a real dark, edgy, you know, like maybe made today a version of those two and he Elmer Fudd, you know, cut Bugs Bunny's tongue out so he couldn't speak anymore. I get it.
2: And he wears
0: a leather gimp suit.
2: I was just going to say that and he's yeah, he's wearing like a black like leather uh full body, you know, unitard and mask. Yeah.
0: With studs. For no reason.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. Right for absolutely no reason. No,
0: he he loves it. He loves doing this. I think there's one reason for the
1: for the suit, you guys. There's one scene that I, I missed the first time around. I, I was kind of half-watching today, and uh, the mom is like, make sure you come back in here and put your costume on. I, I think that's what uh, the reason is.
2: Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm actually, I just Googled a picture of it, and, yeah, she's on the bed looking terrified, and he's, like, kind of peering over her.
1: Right. So, and he kind of yeah. looks like Batman from profile, you know, like – he kind of yes. looks, it looks like the yeah, Batman, like Christian Bale's Batman, but it's like
0: if Batman went through a leather bar. <laughs> as much as Father is, you know, sort of this like hokey, you know, like almost happy-go-lucky character in his own right, Mother is freaking terrifying. She is. She's very scary. She's the scariest character in this movie.
2: You think she's the scariest?
0: I do. The way she talks to her daughter.
1: Yeah, I think she is. She's like she's like the yin to, to daddy's yang. Like he's like a walking talking blasting cartoon and she's like all intensity.
2: Yeah, I mean she's definitely.
1: She definitely I don't know, man. She definitely freaked me out. Uh even more so than the people under the stairs freaked me out.
2: The dad to me is the scariest. Like uh, it's clear that the mom is the one in control. Um and normally I feel like that would creep me out and I get what you're saying, but no, the dad, I think there's something about just like how explosive he is. He's just everywhere, like storming around the house. That's true. He really gets like, he's so out of control and she's so controlled in some ways.
1: And there, there are times where he snaps and he even like, there's that one scene where he like snaps and he starts to choke, you know, mom, mother out. Like she loses control of him. So like yeah. he's like he's like barely fucking contained. He is uh it's a fucking yeah. loose cannon, Krause.
0: See, the way I feel about the father is it's like he's almost too over the top. So it's like I can't take him seriously. But then like a couple of the scenes with the mother, like after Leroy is killed, um, she drags her daughter Alice down there to clean up all the blood. And um, you know, it's like, get down there and clean the blood and you know you know, make this house clean and then like after she's done with it, she's like how dare you get your new dress so dirty? And I've been working so hard on that. And like throws her into a scalding hot bathtub, and it's like, it's just unhinged. It was like a flowers, a flowers in the attic type situation. Hey,
1: by the way, uh, fun drinking game. If you're ever watching this movie in the future, uh, you know, have your favorite beverage handy uh, and take a shot every time one of them says "burn in hell." Because it's a lot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> happens quite a bit.
2: Did you tally it up?
1: I didn't. I was going to, and I'm like, eh, that's,
2: that's quite a lot. <laughs> You'll save it for the drinking game, right?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: This is where Roach gets shot, right? No, that not yet. That happens quite a bit that down I... the line. Before, it's, before that, Fool and Alice sort of get to know each other. And that's when that's Fool right. figures out that Alice has not left the house ever.
1: That's right. Yeah, she's uh, basically a prisoner up there, and she is what all the people under the stairs were before they broke the house rules, which is what, what, speak no evil, hear no evil, uh, see no evil, right?
2: Correct, yes.
0: But Kristen, didn't they say something about how, didn't she say that, like, Mommy and Daddy were looking for the perfect son and they could never find one?
2: Yeah, and I don't know if that was, like, in reference to Roach or if she, I'm not sure, but yes, I do remember that.
0: All the people under the stairs are boys or men wow. now. Cause they've like grown out. So it's like, right. she said something about how like they just never found the right one. So they, you know, like threw them down the stairs and she said like, um, I, you know, they have, they have each other and some food. So I guess they're happy, I guess something like that. So then I yeah. got that one, she's not the son because you know, but, She's she follows all the rules, but she's not the son, so she's not what they want. And they haven't found a son and they really felt like Roach was gonna be it, but he turned out to be the worst one for them or
2: something. <laughs> so Roach is actually the the character that I remember. Yes. So of anybody. Because you can't forget him. I actually uh was on his Instagram page today.
1: <laughs> Sean Whalen, by the way, is his name.
2: <laughs> yeah. And i uh, like, oh, yeah, that's him. Uh, but he's got like an unforgettable face, a very gummy smile. Uh, and uh, he's got his tongue cut off in this movie. And so. He, well,
1: his dialogue is yelled and moaned and screamed. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. So like you first meet Roach earlier in the movie when you hear him. Right. Screaming and like tormenting his the father, presumably. And handing. Uh, who is it? Fool the, or Alice the Fork, sorry. and uh, Yeah, but then like we meet him for the first time. um, And he's, it was Alice and Fool. And then we meet Roach and figure out like a little bit of his backstory. And then you learn that his tongue is cut off um, because he, you know, was a fallen son and broke the rule of speak no evil. He had, um, was it that he yelled and tried to escape or something like that?
0: Something like that. He's, also, he's yeah, like I, a super nice guy. He's the nicest guy in this movie.
1: Roach is great. He's he might be my it's. There's a lot of great characters in this movie. Um, I think why this movie works as well as it does is because of the characters. And uh, he's one of my favorites for sure. By the way, good um, observation. I didn't catch that when we were watching it. That uh, Alice is the first girl. Everybody else is a boy, and she's the one that like has made it so far. So just goes to show you, boys don't fucking listen.
2: I don't know how to analyze that one, but yeah, he's. I mean, is she really hanging in there? I mean, would she Eh, be better now? Barely.
1: She's doing doing better than the people under the stairs.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, in some ways, I guess.
1: I know. I feel like because there's like a lot of boys down there. They're like, mom and dad were like, man, this is like our thirtieth boy. Like,
0: fuck this, we're going to girls. (laughs) We get back to them because a fool gets caught by the father after you know some more extended chase sequences. And uh, uh, if those are these are th- these are uh, fun parts of the movie to watch, too, because this house is is dilapidated. But it's also like, as Luke was saying before, it's like a trap house. So there's like mm-hmm. stairs that aren't really stairs. And like, don't they get away from the dog once by like pushing it down like a trolley cart that goes all the way down to oh. the first floor? Yeah. 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 Roach. Roach does that. He's got fucking traps inside the walls. because yeah. uh,
1: They, they, they stick prints on them because uh, Roach... Uh, saves uh, fool. He's, he's from the bathroom. Remember that he's about to get, he got cornered in the bathroom. Yeah. And then Roach pops out of the fucking uh, vanity uh, mirror, <laughs> like a, like a goddamn fucking Kool-Aid man. And he just grabs fool, uh, you know, gets him inside there and they're like, Oh, sick of Prince. And then they, you know, Roach is always smiling, always laughing, pulls a lever or presses a button and just
0: sends Prince
1: down into the basement or somewhere. It's, it's great.
0: And then shoots the father in the forehead with a slingshot. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. Again, very Pratt
1: Foley, very slapsticky and it works. I love it.
0: But the father eventually does catch fool and he throws him downstairs with the rest of the people under the stairs. And, uh, he's, he's like, he's about to be taken or something or attacked by them. And that's when Roach shows back up, like, <laughs> like playing puppetry with Leroy's body. That they've thrown yep. in, like, the well that's in the basement?
2: We need to talk about that. <laughs> we, this is, I'm sorry, I need a moment. The scene where he was in the basement, there's two things that were, with what was the scene where Daddy was, like, pulling the guts out, like, basically eating the dead person? Was that Spencer?
0: That okay, was Spencer.
2: That was, oh, sorry to backtrack. But I need to talk about something with that. Yeah. Did you all see Fool's face when he was watching that?
0: No, I don't remember. I don't think I saw it or I don't think I noticed it.
2: You need to rewatch it. Either, like I feel like either this was like a big like plot hole where it was like, what is this what's wrong with this kid? So he fools just looking over there and he kinda has like, I don't know, just like I don't know, like he could be looking at like, I don't know, a rabbit running across the lawn or <laughs> You know, it's coloring a picture for a contest.
1: Instead of abject horror, he's just kind of like, hmm, "That's that's something that's happening in front of me."
2: Absolutely. Huh. He even a little bit. There's a little tiny bit of a smile.
1: What the fuck? I, was
2: like, what? <laughs> no. I had to rewatch it four times, and I was going back, and I'm like, "Wait, was this Spencer? Was this this boy like trying to figure it out?" But. Oh, Watch it, please, because I gotta,
1: I, I'm gonna have to. I, yeah. I have the I have my copy still I, from the library. I'm gonna have to take a look at that. That's uh, I, I must have missed that entirely.
2: Yeah. Anyways, okay. So yeah, so Leroy.
0: Yeah, like Roach pushes him up out of the well, and all the people, all of the people under the stairs, the boys get scared and back off, and that's when you know Roach is like, ah, it's me, and uh gets uh <laughs> by the way, by the way,
1: by the way. This is probably, like, one of the goriest scenes in the whole movie because they have, like, <laughs> eviscerated Leroy. Leroy is a fucking he's, – he's hamburger he's at this shape. point. He's
2: bad shape. Just, right. Yeah. So when
1: Leroy sits up – I remember when we were watching this, I'm like, what the fuck is this turning into now? they thinking, like, wait, when is this going to mm-hmm. be, like, zombies now? But, no, it's 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 fucking Roach. He's right behind him. He's sitting him up and making, like, you know, like, type noises. And he's laughing the entire time; he's having the fucking time of his life. I'm like, this is really messed up. <laughs> this is, I love this movie; it's so fucked up.
2: Roach did that to distract the children, the cannibalistic children, so that they wouldn't. Uh... Yes, yeah, fool. Could so they wouldn't,
0: so they wouldn't eat fool.
2: <laughs> yeah, and
0: then they jumped in like the boiler or something like that, and that's when we find out that Roach has actually been shot by Daddy. Right, and it's it's a kill shot. Unfortunately, man, this this, this is a fucking bummer,
1: man. This is by far the, the saddest part in the whole movie.
2: Yeah, oh, it is. Yeah, and he. Uh, but before he officially kills over, he tells Fool. So he shows Fool um, gold, right? Yeah, gives it to and, him. Uh, gives it to him, and uh, without a tongue, right? <laughs> right yeah, by writing Alice's name on the wall. And uh, pointing upstairs because there's an escape. There's an opportunity to escape through the attic. Um, and then he keels over immediately.
0: And is this one Fool climbs up to the attic and then jumps into that pond that we have no idea how deep it is outside the house? Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's that's what happens. <laughs> that's, how, that's how he escapes. Or no, he slips off the roof because Daddy's about to shoot him with a shotgun.
0: Right. If I'm being honest, this is where the movie really sort of slowed down for me.
1: I uh, I agree. This is okay. This is almost exactly an hour into the movie, and the uh, the movie is an hour and forty two minutes. Um, after this, yeah, fool escapes. He goes back to his apartment, his you know crackhead hell apartment building. We're introduced to a brand new character that we've never seen before, uh, called uh, Grandpa Booker. Played by Bill Cobbs, just all of a sudden, there's, he's just telling fool about. He's like he, he's exposition grandpa. It's what he is. He's exposition grandpa. <laughs> yeah, exposition grandpa tells him all about mommy and daddy how they're not really like married, but they're they're uh, brother and sister, and how uh, they just keep getting you know richer off these uh, you know development deals and and uh, you know ret- you know whatever the hell. And uh, basically, what ends up happening is a fool can't leave alice behind so he calls the cops who by the way have already been shown to be completely right uh, inadequate they, they the cops in this movie are just the fucking worst uh, but he calls the cops on him they again don't find anything which i find interesting because we just watched an hour of daddy running around in a gimp suit <laughs> fucking blowing <laughs> holes in walls so th- where the what happened to all those fucking shotgun shell you know Shotgun blast walls that happen, you know, that he was making, but whatever. And then he sneaks back into the house. And then it's kind of more of the same. Right. But not as fun. Yeah, yeah. Then it becomes monotonous because it's like, okay, and then they they catch Fool and then he escapes. And then he, you know, it runs away some more, and then dad puts the gimsuit back on again. And then, you know, Fool escapes again. And then, you know, the mom makes crazy faces and she tries to stab Fool and Alice. And just, I don't know. The ending is fine. The ending is good. But man, there's like a 20, 30 minute stretch there where I'm like, okay, let's wrap this shit up.
2: I agree. I really, I lost. There's two incidents of uh, faux fo- stabbing or like uh, uh, being fooled with stabbing in the movie. So the first was with Prince and that was um, fool had tricked daddy into right basically stabbing prince and then the second one was at the end when um was it mommy actually ended up getting yeah mommy ran into the knife that else
1: yeah with yeah. the help of the people on the stairs because they they break loose and uh and because you know it's another one of uh daddy's you know shotgun you know fucking rampages and he he blows the lock off the the uh, the cord off area downstairs where the people under the stairs are. So he actually lets them loose. He blows the, the, the lock off and then the people under the stairs are loose. And then they end up attacking mommy and while she's running away from the people under the stairs she runs into Alice's knife.
0: And then how do we find out that they've been hoarding all the like cash and gold in the cellar?
1: Well don't they don't they find like or fool I think doesn't he fool find the room right? with, like treasure? Yeah, I mean it's like something out of the fucking Goonies. There's like gold coins and shit.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's like a a vault. Right, just kind of fools at the vault.
1: It's a Scrooge McDuck type vault.
2: Yes, and uh, he sets some explosives.
1: Well, the the house is wired to blow, right? It was already wired to blow, and then and fool
0: figures out how to set that shit off.
2: So Daddy gets killed in the explosion.
0: He says, "Like I'm tired of fucking around, so either put the gun down now or kiss your ass goodbye, boy."
2: You do that impression really
1: well, Mark. <laughs> That's actually how he talks in real life.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, boom. very disconcerting explosion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, oh, we we forgot to mention all the people from the, the the neighborhood have gathered. They're trying. They're finally like, oh yeah, maybe we should uh, look into this thirteen year old kid and see what's going on with him. Right. So they they finally go to this house to to try and help them out. And yeah, that's when they don't do anything. They just, you know, the the house explodes, money flies everywhere. And uh, it's kind of like one of those, uh, you know, things at Chuck E. Cheese where you go into the thing and you try and grab as much cash as possible. Um, That's kind of what's going on. But I do got to mention this one scene because it's super fucking weird. Uh, The people under the stairs, they end up... uh, Okay, so them and fool become like best friends or at least like the leader of the people under the stairs do and fool is like i forget what the line is exactly but he's like it's like yeah i'm gonna get you guys out of here you know outside where there's sun and birds and women <laughs> and the fucking the leader of the people under the stairs who also apparently had his tongue cut out it's like fuck yeah man fucking women you know so that's the last thing you see in the movie is the 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 tenants celebrating, you know, trying to grab as much money as they can. And then the people under the stairs just kind of sneak out behind them uh, in pursuit of um, sun, birds and women. (laughs) So like happy ending. I I don't know.
2: (laughs) No, not a happy ending.
0: (laughs) So give us your final thoughts on people under the stairs.
2: I I think I'm good on it. You know, I know I recommend, (laughs) I know I recommended it. I, I, I think I'm good on this, like, th- this will be the last time I watch it. I'm glad I did. Um, it's uh, it's creepy. It's um, got some good twists and turns figuratively and literally with that trap house. And uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend that people watch it at least once just to get the West Craven experience.
1: Well, this is uh was my first time watching this movie, and it will for sure not be the last. I loved this movie for the first hour of it. I thought it was one of the best things ever. Like it was just a, like an R-rated Home Alone, you know Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, fucking love the characters. Uh, I thought they, like I said, they made the movie. The actors, um, are, I think all of them are fantastic. Um. It's just uh, one of those movies that again I'm, I'm mad at myself for not having watched earlier. <clears throat> the last half an hour, 35, 40 minutes do let the movie down. Uh, unfortunately, just because it, it does get repetitive, it's the same thing over and over. Um, so it, that that you know, unfortunately, that's a bummer. I wish they would have figured out a way to wrap it up quicker uh, without having to you know return to their their you know old tricks over and over. But um, I still I still loved it, uh, by and large. Um, high recommendation for
0: me. I'm so glad that I finally got around to watching this one. So thanks, Kristen, for that. I just, one of those movies that I sort of forgot existed. And it uh, turned out to be totally different than I thought it was going to be. I really enjoyed myself, like Luke did, for that first hour or so. Uh, then it starts to drag a little bit. But um, really, uh, really
2: fun movie for Halloween uh, Talking about a black or white thing, cause that will cause conflict and make this illegit. But your definition of legit and illegitimate is confusing. Now the redhead wanna say to make things clearer, cause in about a year or two, what you do is take a look up in the mirror. And what you see is the image of hate that you shed upon the others, the sisters, and your brothers. Now, in my opinion, you need someone to teach. The whole world is acting
0: like a giant house. Since tonight's movie had a house with traps and dead ends, I am going to ask you some questions about an alleged house in our own society's history. So... It's going to be sort of like a quiz show thing. And uh, (laughs) I don't know if you've listened to some of our podcasts before, Kristen, but uh, when I'm the host of the quiz show, I I tend to be a bit aggressive and I get Luke all pissed off.
1: Yeah, I'm not even going to fucking ask if there's like buzzers anymore because that's not happening. It's just going to be chaos and uh, people talking over each other. So, yeah, let's go with the
0: quiz. Well, Luke, you're going to be happy tonight because you can buzz in with your answer. What the fuck? There's a catch. What's going on? (laughs) either of you can buzz with your answer, but um, your buzzer noise has to be different each time. And you may not use the sound of a buzzer as your buzzer noise. Oh God.
1: (laughs) I missed when there was no buzzers. I take back everything I said.
2: So you're telling me I can buzz in, but it just can't be a buzzy noise. Is that what I heard you say?
0: Yep. And it has to be a different noise each time.
2: Got it. I'm on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Here we go. I have 8 questions tonight. Uh, some are uh, some are true, some are true false, some are multiple choice. Uh, a little bit of a mix of everything. So, uh, are you guys ready? Yes. Herman Webster Mudgett was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire on May 16th, 1861, having become a certified public accountant and a known criminal. Herman moved to Chicago in August of 1886, where he began to call himself H.H. Holmes. Having purchased an empty lot on the corner of Wallace and 63rd Street, Holmes would construct a hotel and go on to allegedly kill upwards of 27 people. Though most of the claims of this murder castle are likely false and exaggerated by journalists in the passage of time, I will be asking you questions based on the legend of this house and its nefarious owner. So are you guys familiar with H.H. Holmes? Yes.
2: High level, yes.
0: Yes. All right. So here we go. Question number one. It's a multiple choice. In addition to being accused of murder, Holmes was also convicted of which of the following crimes? A, insurance fraud, forgery, and swindling. B, polygamy. C, horse theft. Or D, all of the above.
1: <laughs> I don't know what else. Uh, I'm going to say a D all the above. <laughs> you are correct.
0: It is all horse theft. Horse theft. Yep.
1: He murdered,
0: and then he's. St-
1: wow, man. What a bad guy.
2: I was going to say, what a busy guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the other way around. So he did all these things before he moved to Chicago. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's right, one of the sense. reasons why he moved to Chicago get away from his horse theft charges <laughs> <laughs> hey man back in the 1800s horse stuff was a big deal yeah yeah no for real you could like get
1: killed for that shit yeah, no I get it
0: alright number two Holmes was said to have lured strangers to his hotel from a nearby event which famous event was happening in Chicago at this time ding
2: ding World's Fair
0: yeah the World's Columbian Exposition the World's Fair yep that's right nice alright number three you guys are tied up Holmes and the World's Columbian Exposition were famously sensationalized in a 2003 novel. Name that novel and its author. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so it's, uh, I
1: know the name of the, the, the book. It's D- Devil in the White City. Yeah, That is correct. Is the author... Larson? Is that his last name? Yeah, Eric Larson, you got it. Oh fuck yeah. Wow. I read that fucking book way back in the day. All right, sweet.
2: With two S's. That's
0: right. <laughs> That's right. Num- number 4. Holmes's Murder Castle was uh, was said to have how many rooms? A 50, B 20, C 100, or D 10?
2: Beep. I'm going to go 100.
0: That is correct. 100. You can see where some of these like sensationalized things are starting to pop in, right? One that's that's a lot of rooms. That is quite a lot of rooms. Uh, well, okay. you know, like the way that people describe this murder castle—that it was a block long and huge. That's what they say it looked like. Isn't it a post office? Oh, whatever. I'm, I don't. That's probably one of your questions later. Never mind. All right. Go number ahead. five. Number five. Holmes's hotel had three floors and a basement. The third floor was regular apartments. The infamous second floor allegedly contained a number of gas chambers, hidden rooms, trap staircases, and chutes that led to the basement. The basement was where Holmes dispatched of his victims. What was on the first floor?
1: Uh, wasn't it a store?
0: That is correct. They were storefronts to give the building yeah. a sense of normalcy. That's right. All
1: right, cool.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: All right, number six. Three more. Holmes confessed to killing 27 people. Most historians believe that that number is closer to nine. How many murders was Holmes convicted of? A, one. B, four. C, nine. D, 27.
2: Beep. Was B nine?
0: No, uh, C was nine. All right, C. No, that's incorrect. Damn. Oh, shit. 27? No, he was actually only convicted of one.
1: What? Ooh. Yeah. Shit. All right. Uh,
0: One Benjamin Peitzel.
1: Yeah, wasn't that his his fucking
0: accomplice? Yeah, well, you know what? So the thing is, is that um, there was plenty of evidence, but uh, incompetent police work sort of buried a lot of that. Well, imagine that. They had enough evidence for Benjamin and they actually had enough evidence for his three kids, but like a deadline passed and they didn't do it. Oh, I remember that story. That story is so fucking sad. Jesus Christ. It's so bad. All right. So so nobody got that one. Number seven, after being convicted of the murder of Benjamin Peitzel, Holmes was sentenced in October of 1895. What was his sentence? Cowabunga.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was it uh, 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 the death penalty?
0: Death by what? Electrocution. Incorrect.
2: Fuck. Ooh.
0: Kristen, you have a guess?
2: Uh what was the year? Sorry. Uh
0: 1895.
2: I don't know. Were they hanging people then?
0: Yes, it was death by hanging. I was gonna say,
1: there's like, what else were they
0: doing at the <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, um, alright, hang him.
0: Alright, last one. Uh, hey, what's what the was score? That's what I'm looking at right now.
2: I think you're up by one or two.
0: Nope. You guys are tied.
2: Oh, <gasps> shit. Oh, Hold shit. Hold on a minute. I feel like I'm getting really tired. I need to wake up. Okay. Well.
0: Here's the here's the last question. Be quick for this one. Be quick. Get that buzzer sound in your head.
1: Uh, oh, Jesus.
0: Okay. All right. Number eight. True or false. Holmes' hotel still stands today.
2: Beep boop. <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my Peter Griffin laugh by the way. I feel like I should have to say true. I mean I know it's false, but it's it's a stupid question to ask unless it's true. Like in some <laughs> form it's still standing.
0: True. No, it's it's completely gone.
2: Oh come on. It's a yeah. post
0: office. Yeah, it was it was office. gunned by fire in 1895, and it was torn down in 1938, and today the lot has a post office. And the only reason I know that is because I'm really weird, and I was going to go check that
1: shit out, and I'm like, oh, it's a post office. Never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess oh, Luke no, wins my... by default, unless you want to call it a tie.
1: Yeah, let's call it a tie, man. I feel like she got the Larson with two S's
0: and then, you know, <laughs> we 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 did it. We both did it. A couple of weird things that happened as I was like researching this and putting the questions together is number one is that a lot of people uh, now believe that Holmes really isn't actually a silly serial killer what? because like according to like what people are – that our serial killers are classified is as, as it's like, it's a pattern of killings over a period of time that satisfies something for that person. Okay. They've looked at homes and they've looked at the people that he's killed allegedly. And they've come to the conclusion that most of the people, if not all of the people he killed were to further his business gains. Oh.
2: What the fuck?
1: That still makes it, doesn't it? I mean, Still a serial killer,
2: so it was just more like a yeah, like a means to an Well, I mean, but serial killer,
1: right? You're still killing. You're it's just one person, you know, killing a bunch of people. I don't know, man. That's weird.
2: That is weird. Just because it's not like super deranged means it doesn't, you know.
1: <laughs> it's not fucked up enough. He's not a serial killer.
2: Exactly.
0: It's just uh, it's just a couple of feelings from a few different people. Wow. So that was one of them. And then the other thing that um, I guess, I don't know, and it's a weird thing to say, but it was like I was disappointed to discover is that all the stuff that like I've known about him and like read about him and like people have made documentaries about is it's like it's pretty much proven to be all not true now
1: right yeah you know i i read the devil in the white city uh probably about 10 years ago i remember really really liking it i i wonder how much of that now has been disproven or you know uh updated or whatever but uh, i I, the the book was really good if anything it gives you a really good picture of what chicago was like at that time i remember there's uh details from that that i i still think about um so highly recommend the book i guess even I don't know. Did they disprove the book? Like, is this stuff that like counter? Yeah.
0: So like the, this whole like murder castle with traps, it's like, they don't think any of the traps actually existed. Huh? Okay. And, um, you know, the story about him, like luring people from the world's fair, they say that that's not true either. He said that most likely all of his victims were people that he knew, which led me to one of the things that like, if you want like a true trap house, like with weird tunnels and stuff like that, you can look into this uh, house called the Winchester house, mm-hmm. which was made in the 1920s. And it was owned by a woman named Sarah Winchester. And I guess after her husband died, she became really paranoid that number one, his ghost was going to find her. And number two, that his creditors were going to find her. And so she continually built onto her house. And so it's got like stairs <laughs> that lead nowhere. It's got like hallways that lead nowhere it's got some doors that open to the outside of the house like on the third floor um and this is all of this is true this is completely true and it's under it's under the uh uh ownership of a society now and they actually (laughs) you can book nights there to stay as like a haunted you know like haunted night and uh they do halloween tours and they've you know they've commercialized it but that's a true like honest to goodness trap house where is it It's in San Jose, California. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait, so she was trying to escape from creditors? Mostly her husband's ghost. Oh,
2: that's
1: great. That's great. If I just keep building onto this fucking house,
0: he's not going to find me. Right, pretty much. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for playing. And Kristen, thanks for being with us tonight.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, definitely come back anytime. It's always a pleasure.
2: Thank you so much, you guys. This is great.
1: Also, thanks for uh suggesting this movie because I probably this was not it was it was still not on my radar. So You're um awesome. I it would have probably been another however many years before I watched it and I really, really enjoyed it. So this was great. You're very welcome.
0: The Review to Death podcast is written and produced by the both of us. We release new episodes on Mondays. Thank you to Groove Witness for the use of their music. You can find them at GrooveWitness.us. Check out our written reviews at the link in the description and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Review to Death. Thank you for listening. And Luke, tell us what's coming up next.
1: Well, coming up next, we're going to stay on this Wes Craven train and check out his uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. Later, Gators. I can't is, understand that.
0: Is this like a fucking? Is this like a fucking kids movie now? Your, your mother, mother sleeps, sleeps with cats. cats.
1: Man, the dog did not like that insult. Just see how angry he got at that. He's really really. He's like,
0: oh no, you didn't. Yeah.
1: In fact, I think I heard him say that. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna chew your entire ass. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chew your entire ass.